Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. Welcome to the On the Record podcast. I'm Bill McLaughlin, editor in chief of Furniture Today. My guest this week is Sean Nelson, CEO and founder of LoveSack. Sean, welcome to On the Record. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, you have some exciting things going on right now. I mean, Best Buy is uh, now selling sectionals on their website. You just uh, added a, a new deal with 3Kit where you're going to make it easier for folks to customize their sectionals. Um, why don't we start with, with the 3Kit uh, announcement and uh, explain to me a little bit about, uh, in particular, how you really think that particular uh, ability aligns with some of the unique features of how consumers put together sectionals. Yeah, sectionals are weird. And uh, we've discovered the hard way over many years that presenting them to new eyes, you know, for the first time uh, is always a challenge because they look like sectionals and couches and love seats, but, you know, they have very unique characteristics in, in how they go together, what you can achieve with them. Um, you can reskin them, recover them over and over again, and, and all kinds of different nuances that a 3D technology like 3Kit really helps bring to life. And so, you know, the whole experience at lovestock.com has recently obviously changed for the better, and it's powered by 3Kit. We're really excited for what that's brought to the web. Um, I'm curious, since the pandemic, how, how have you seen the, uh, the results on the LoveSack website? Are, are you seeing more activity? Um, we are definitely seeing more traffic. You know, it's a little bit um, clouded because this year is the year of COVID. And as you know, many players in the home category have seen tremendous upswings in their digital presence as consumers are forced to shop online and, and, you know, in, in many cases not even have available to them the traditional retail experience. And so um, the timing couldn't be better. At the same time, you know, our ability to, uh, to track it and, and credit it uh, to our new, the launch of our new website, including the three kid innovation is, is rather difficult, but yeah, our online traffic is through the roof. Um, sales and conversion are also uh, through the roof and uh, we're really excited by what we're seeing on that front. <laughs> so you're simultaneously trying to juggle the launch of a new website, the launch of a new um, digital technology and uh, dramatically increased activity and uh, website. It kind of reminds me of that old Lloyd Bridges joke in the movie Airplane, picked a terrible time to quit smoking, picked a tough time to try to do all of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. You know, luckily these are uh, high class problems, right? So we'll 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 take it. But um, now it's been a it's been a really great. It's been the year of digital for Lovestack, and um, everything's just kind of stacked up in our favor on that front. 
So I, I'm curious what you've learned about since you've um, used the integrator. Um, what are you learning in terms of how consumers now interact with sectionals and how they configure product? Um, like you mentioned, um, you know, it kind of looks right when you see the finished product, it, it looks like a sectional or it looks like a sofa. Um, but you do have a lot more ability to customize, right? You have, um, there's a lot more kind of moving parts. So I'm, I'm curious what you're finding in terms of how consumers use um, that ability and, and whether it's kind of opened their creativity and helped them better understand exactly what this product is and how it differs from, from a more traditional product. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly the case for us. And the nuance there is that there are a hundred different sofas or sectionals that you could customize and configure the way you want them to be and then order them and then wait for a month or two and get it, whatever. In our case, it's very different because you ha certainly you have that ability, but it's not static, right? Like sectionals, you can arrange and rearrange endlessly. You can split them in half and put them in different rooms and, and grow it over time. You know, I, in my own living room, I have pieces that are 12 years old mated to pieces that are 12 months old. And, and the whole set is wearing a brand new set of covers and you would never know which is which. And, and that's very unique in the furniture landscape. And so our goal with the, with the configurability online was not only to help you configure your sectionals and buy them, but in the process, educate you on what you're buying and how they work. And, and the, and again, the, the nuances of if you just turn, you know, sectionals are really just two simple pieces of seat and a side. And if you just turn the seat, uh, deep wise instead of long, you can make you, the seat you want to sit on deeper and also shave six inches off the length of your couch at the same time. And, and you can do that forever, not just at, you know, when you're at purchase. And so the ability to simultaneously convey some of the, that education, which can be tricky because the final, the final product looks like a sectional, um, but also help people shop and, you know, be able to, in a dynamic way, see the price as they make adjustments, as they change covers, as they add a piece, subtract a piece, um, all of those things, you know, that's a very complex kind of shopping process. And we find that it's best done visually and 3Kit really has helped us bring that to life. Yeah, I noticed in the announcement, you mentioned that it uh, it's enhancing uh, consumer satisfaction and, and reducing returns. Have you found that consumers sometimes don't quite get what it is that makes a sectional so unique and, and that they actually think, oh, I'm just kind of picking out a, a cool sofa or, you know, just a regular love set? Um, I mean, that's exactly what we want to avoid. And usually, usually the answer is um, anybody who thinks that probably isn't buying sectionals because they're not cheap. And so, you know, if you're paying for something that is that that has that much utility, usually people want to dig far enough to really understand it. And, and that's what we're trying to avoid is just the sheer sticker, sticker shock of, well, this is, this is a not cheap sectional sofa, right? <laughs> but it's more than that. And that's, and that's really the tricky part is um, helping people understand they're not just configuring a sofa for purchase. They're also learning how to configure and reconfigure it forever. And, and so, um, you know, again, anybody who is, I'd say anybody who is confused or doesn't, you know, get that in the communication, they're not buying our product. And, but customers, um, certainly 
do understand that for the most part, at least enough to make the purchase. And then usually we exceed their expectations. You know, the reconfigurability, the ease of uh, setup, the the security of the connections, the way sectionals work is is so robust and different from anything on the market that um, you know it's it's our job to help people understand that at per, at the point of purchase, and that's always been the challenge for us. And the fact that a 12-year-old sectional will match up with a 12-month-old, that is obviously not the Apple uh, or smartphone model where you obsolete everything <laughs> and make people repurchase every 12 months. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that. Listen, sustainability is at the core of what we're doing here at LoveSack, and not from a greenwashing you know, perspective. Yes. All the sectionals we sell today are upholstered. This is the upholstery that comes affixed on the product before you cover it in fabric that was made from 100% recycled plastic water bottles, making us the single largest repurposer of plastic water bottles uh, into home deck fabric in the United States of America. That's true. But more importantly, the product you're buying, you'll have in the next decade, in the next decade after that, hopefully. And it will be mated with the future products because we make everything reverse compatible, even on new innovations like the power hub, which will charge your phone can, can, or the storage seat, which is the same dimensions as our original seats, but now have storage inside of, they can be added to the sectionals you bought a decade ago or, or longer. And that will be true in the future. And, and, and in fact, what you mentioned, you know, the whole Apple and, and the technology dilemma that people face upgrading their phones and, you know, throwing their old one in the trash, so to speak. It's it's disgusting to us. And it's exactly the opposite of how we run our business. Yeah, that that's great to hear. I'd like to look at the uh the Best Buy deal. I know you were in some stores there, right? A little brick and mortar presence. Um and then you you more recently have uh worked at a deal where this holiday season you're gonna be all over their website selling sectionals. Explain to me what um, the appeal, why Best Buy is such a good fit. Is it um, demographic? Is it psychographic? What is it about that consumer that you think is such a good fit for sectionals? Yeah, I mean, for us, the Best Buy partnership has a number of key strategic um, earmarkings. Number one, it is strategic. You know, LoveSack has already dipped its toe in the water of technology with the Power Hub, and we have more to come. Uh, with what we'll do on that front. And I think you'll see us do some really innovative, uh, patented and uh, unique things um, in that category, you know. But two, Best Buy is the kind of place that people shop at when they move, when they relocate, when they're starting over with a new place, you know, new TVs, new technology. And that new mover um, behavior is one of the key leading factors to people buying a new sofa and getting into the market. And so the ability to, um, to cross over with people that are in that mindset, you know, the funny thing about sectionals is that yes, our number one consumer is what we call this young parent wanted all. It's this, um, 35 to 45 year old person who is, you know, establishing a home, having children, uh, growing their family, you know, growing their, their footprint. Um, however, sectional sell to everybody. I mean, empty nesters enjoy them as they're downsizing. It's, it's this uniquely modular furniture that would kind of fit anywhere. 
uh, young professionals enjoy them because they can invest in a couple pieces and add onto it forever for the rest of their life, maybe. And, and so it's less about demographics for us as it is, it is psychographics, people that are in the mind for change and believe in uh, valuable, you know, things, believe in sustainability, all these things uh, cross over nicely with the Best Buy customer. And um, we're really excited about that partnership. I'm curious how you see the evolution of the interaction between brick and mortar um, and e-commerce. I know you've experimented with some pop-ups. You, you've done some things already in the physical space. As you look at how things have changed, um, both as a result of the pandemic and in, you know, in the longer arc of evolution, um, how do you see that interplay between bricks and clicks, the physical space and the digital? Yeah, I mean, we've been, as we see it, on the forefront of that dilemma for a while now. Um, and, you know, we began as a retailer with, with physical stores and, and a website that sort of was there to be there. This is the early 2000s. And we evolved as a retailer. But luckily, and it partly has to do with how we began and selling only uh, the oversized sacks, you know, giant not bean bags, um, and then evolved and then pivoted into sofas. We have we've always had tiny locations, and in the beginning, it was probably a matter of survival. But as we've evolved, that turned out to be a a huge strength of ours. You know, we have we pay for very a very small retail footprint, but sell really the biggest thing in the mall right? Biggest ticket item. Like you walk out of a love stack location. It's very likely you spent four, five, six, $10,000. You don't spend that much at Apple and they have three times the size showroom that we have. So we've evolved those retail stores to be showrooms today. We don't carry inventory. We really view them as a place where people have already done their research online. They're coming in to sit on our stuff and see that it doesn't suck. See that it is what we claim it to be. And so you know, the size of our locations, the purpose of our locations, now showrooms, not stores. Um, you know, the fact that we are not interested in having 600 of them, you know, we're interested in having only, in fact, what we have often said is we, we only, we want as few as we can get away with, but still reach everybody. So, so make no mistake, we are still in growth mode. We will continue to open love stack proper showrooms. Um, Similarly, as we've done for the past few years, you know, maybe 15, 20 locations, that sort of thing. Um, at the same time, we're also chasing down these partnerships with shopping shops, places that we can control the footprint, the look, the feel, the vibe, um, the staffing, and really make it a love stack showroom, uh, albeit under someone else's roof like uh, Best Buy. And we're not looking to be everywhere. You know, we, we're very strategic about who we partner with. Um, we also don't wholesale, which is very unique. You know, we don't have, um, typical wholesale arrangements. Uh, we have shop and shop arrangements where, um, we, or through a proprietary partnership, market our products and, and convey the products, display the products, sell the products the way we think they should be, um, sold. Oh, that, that helps you. I would think too avoid some of the challenges that some traditional manufacturers have as they start to cross channels, right? You don't want channel conflict here. You don't have that since essentially um, even if it's a shop and shop, it's yours. There's, there's no 
concern that, you know, you're undercutting one or, you know, one partner or another pricing is consistent. Presentation is consistent. Um, you're, I think I would guess that you're able to, to kind of manage that a little bit better. That's exactly right. You know, under the way that we do business, we avoid all channel conflicts. We, we do not engage with a partner unless we're able to, um, come to terms that meet our margin requirements and also meet our brand requirements and operating requirements. And so, you know, I think we're, we're a little bit different than many brands and manufacturers that, that think of themselves as a, as a product manufacturer. We, we do manufacture our own products. You can only buy Lovestack through lovestack.com or Lovestack showroom or some of our shop and shop pop-up shop partners. And that's it. You know, there is no third party um, sales force otherwise. And, and we're really proud of that. We think that the marriage between, again, physical retail and brick and mortar is uh, best done this way, at least for, at least for these, this product or this category. And we'll see, you know, as WebStack continues to grow. I mean, as you know, you know, we, we were named by Furniture Today, the fastest growing furniture retailer in the United States last year. We've, we've, we've achieved that a number of times over the past decade. And um, I think we'll continue to see that kind of growth um, into this next decade. Well, that was something, wasn't it? This is Tricia again for Klausner Home Furnishings. From my very first collection, I knew I'd come to the right place. That Klausner understood what I wanted to do with my furniture, how I wanted to share my recipe for comfortable living with the world. Now, let's get back to Bill McLaughlin and see what he and his guests have to share with us. You certainly seem to have a lot of flexibility and creativity in terms of your growth channels, right? You're not confining yourself to, well, I, I need to open physical stores or I need to do licensing. I mean, you seem to be looking creatively at a lot of different ways. And I'd like to talk about that. Um, you mentioned possibly doing things um, in other with other kinds of stores or other kinds of brands like you did with Best Buy. And, and obviously you can't say, well, we want to be at this retailer or that. But when you think about, you mentioned Best Buy was a good psychographic fit. So when you think about the characteristics of another, whether it's a retailer or another kind of co-partner, right? That that would make sense for Lovesack. What are the characteristics that you would look for and think would make for compatibility? Yeah, I mean, I think number one is is a strategic uh, is a brand fit. I should say, you know, um, there really uh, not every retailer has the same. Um, flavor, right? And Lovesack is a unique flavor and has a unique brand, and, and we want to be. I mean, it's you know, it's interesting if you just zoom out and look at it, right? And I, I'm talking to furniture people here. Um, we don't. We, we've never seen our product in any furniture store outside of, I guess, our own. Um, our, we have these pop up shop, this pop up shop partnership with Best Buy, we, which is currently sort of in uh in a reboot mode um we're doing only online pop-ups at the moment but uh you know I, I'm, I'm optimistic we'll probably get back to doing in 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 store pop-ups there um we have this shop and shop partnership with best buy and with macy's and um you know and, and in the macy's situation we're not even in our furniture stores, you know we're, and so uh we look for a brand fit. We look for a psychographic demographic fit. 
Um, and we look for uh, retailers that just sort of fit our vibe. Um, and, and in the case of Best Buy, also fit our product development path and where we're going with innovation. And you'll see some of that come to fruition over this next year. We're really excited. You know, and that's really where the growth is going to come from Love Stack is not through channel growth as much as through innovation, bringing new products because the web reaches everybody. What needs to get out there are new products that are as innovative as sectionals always have been. And there's more of that to come. Okay. Speaking of which, and I know you don't want to get ahead of yourself and say, yeah, we're going to be in blank category. Um, but when you look at the characteristics of a category, I mean, sectionals has a very specific fit. It's an upholstery product. It's a seating product. Do you see yourself remaining strictly in upholstery? Could could that same innovation ethos be applied other cases? What are the things that you absolutely won't deviate from? And where do you think the expansion uh, throughout the home might? Yeah, I would love to uh, give you a roadmap. But the interesting thing about Lovestack is that we as you've seen, we, we don't do very many. I mean, to this day, we're a 20, 20 plus year old company um, that sells two products, stacks and sectionals. And yes, they all have accoutrements that go with them and, and the lines are broader than that. But essentially, that's it. And um, we will do more things and we will branch into other categories, but we do so few things. We're very protective about the things that we do now. Well, what is most important to us is, is our design philosophy. We have this really unique philosophy we call design for life. We make things that are built to last a lifetime and designed to evolve, which, you know, rolls off the tongue nicely. But if you think about what that means, like what else in your whole life do you own that was built to last a lifetime and designed to evolve as your life changes? Factionals are the, really the first case study, the best case study for this philosophy. And there will be other products that, that adhere to this philosophy, which is a very high standard. It's hard to design something that can do that. And that's why all of us, all the things that we put out there now are patented. Because when you create something that lives up to those standards, it's, it's unique. It's totally unique in the landscape and it's patented, typically. And so um, there will be other categories. And they will be in the home. And the home is a big place, really. And, that, and I'll kind of leave it at that, but we're really excited to bring something pretty big out this spring that will have us extend into a new category. Still tangential to sectionals, but uh, it'll have us competing in a whole new way with, with, new, with new players. And I think um, new opportunity for market share gains. Love that. You just kind of teased some breaking news this spring. So we'll have to circle back this spring to find out what that, that new product is. Um, I, I, can you walk me through... When you say designed to evolve with your life, what give me an example of something that has changed some of those evolutions, um, how that played out? Like, do you have some specifics that you can point to and say, you know, here's here's an example yeah. of how well, we I mean, did that? Yeah, I mean, the best example is in my living room, right? I'm I'm <laughs> uh, not just the CEO of Lovestack; I'm a customer, and like I said, right now the the sectionals that my kids you know, uh, we're eating breakfast on this morning, um, have been around, have been in my family longer than they have. Uh, <laughs> many of those pieces are older than my oldest child mated together with other pieces I've added along the way. 
Um, and yes, I've replaced their back pillows and cushions in most cases along the way, but that's a cool thing. Like right now, if I challenged you to get a new cushion for the couch you own, just any of it, did you? No. Do you even know what it is or where you got it? And would they still have that same model in play and be making, you know, spare parts for it? So you can, at the click of a button, get new cushions, update your stacks, and change the entire fabric. You know, these, these pieces that, when I say they've come with me, it's not just that I moved this couch. I've broken it back down into its seats and sides, just stack up neatly. And by the way, you could have put them in the back seat of a Honda Accord. Moved them across the country numerous times. Um, and the living rooms they've lived in from a house that was built in 1806 to a home, you know, that was built in, uh, 2010 to a home that was built in 1990. These are all very different layouts and very different aesthetics. And the same sectionals have been set up, recovered, rearranged, reconfigured into sofas in some cases, individual armchairs, ottomans, L sectionals, U-shaped sectionals to fit the shape of the space and the aesthetic of the space. There's no other couch on the planet that could do that. And um, I'm really proud of that. And it's, a, you know, this is when we talk about sustainability, we're talking about things that sustain, not just making stuff out of recycled plastic, which we also do. And so, um, you know, you know, they're great in a divorce, you know, you can split it in half and not argue about it. And I mean, that's kind of dark, but you know, whatever <laughs> life throws at you, factionals will roll with you. And we're really proud of that. Yeah, that's a kind of dark, bizarre ad, right? Great for the divorce. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you skip exactly. the prenup. Buy a section. Yeah, I mean, kids. I mean, how many people have a have a have a claw mark in their couch from their cat, or or you know, a puke mark from their dog, or a spill from their kids that they got to hide with a throw pillow? And in our case, one cover of one piece. And by the way, we commit to those covers, right? Like you'll come back and you bought your factional five years ago. You'll come back. We will have whatever fabric it was you bought. We don't cycle in and out of fabrics intentionally like most furniture companies do every year. New collection, new collection, when really all it is is a new fabric and they discontinue their old fabric, which in our case, that would be heretical. We may introduce new fabrics, but we also keep our old fabrics around um, in every case. So you can add on, grow it, change it, just repair one piece, what, re replace one piece, whatever. It is a fundamentally different philosophy. I mean, it's not just a, a matter of having a, a unique design. The the entire ethos that you're describing is is just fundamentally um, different than than what we tr traditionally think of. Well, and, and it, you know, it makes me really angry because we're all sub we're all like um, unwittingly in the from in most cases. Uh, victims of a merchandising economy you know it, was, it began after the great depression as a way to escape the depression to make more stuff make worse stuff that you got to change out more hey ge stop making your refrigerators last for you know 50 years and they did exactly that and now you know from the fashion we wear where every 20 years they convince us that you know what was hot in the 90s is now back in style in the 80s i mean all just recycles and makes us think that what we're wearing is obsolete to what is in our homes is obsolete, you know, browns out, grays in, give it five more years, gray will be out, and brown will be back. And, you know, look, we'll roll with that in our own way, but at least it's not obsolete in our case. And the, and the, and the wood and the fabric and the foam 
And even the electricity and labor that went into creating your factionals can live on even if you have aesthetic uh, changes. And that's okay, you know, but, but, but unfortunately the world's gone overboard on that and um, it makes us really upset. If we, if we do our job right, there will be fewer couches sold in the world because of us. We will hopefully sell more than anyone. But um, we're very interested in that. And by the way, there will be other categories that we hope to shrink over time. So that's a that's a curious statement um, in a capitalist society, somewhat heretical. Um, but it, it strikes right. me that that the model that you're talking about. So you say we'll sell fewer couches, but um, in terms of replace the pillows, replace the fabric, those kinds of things. Is this starting to move toward more of a razor razor blade model where the sofa itself becomes or the sectional itself becomes the razor and the rest of it? Um, yeah. You can continue to, to kind of feed the beast, if you will, um, through the razor. Yeah. Well, of course. And, and that's why I'm not saying that Lovestack is going to sell fewer couches. I think we'll sell more and more and more and more. Our slice of the pie will grow and grow. The pie will shrink because people will buy our stuff and not need to keep buying a couch every seven years. Um, and they will come back to us, to your point. And it is razor, razor, but because that's the more efficient model. And there are many, many things in your life that should also be on that model. And I won't have time in my mortal life to attack them all. I will do a few more. But, you know, we, we actually hope that other companies will, will copy us. They will adopt our way of thinking and design their stuff better and design their stuff to be more evolutionary so that people will stop consuming this earth we live in and wasting it. Is this something that has always been part of um, your belief set? Like when, when you started 20 years ago, was this always the goal or is this something that I'm, I'm just curious has kind of evolved as, um, as your own worldview has evolved? No, it's definitely evolved. Look, it, we were just trying to survive. I made a big beanbag in college. People liked it. It was a side hustle. Um, it, it grew into a business. And then before long, we had stores selling giant, not beanbags called Love Sacks and, and we had a couch in there to look pretty and people wanted to buy the couch so we, we, we couldn't sell couches the way they were configured they're too hard to deal with so we invented our own that could be packed up in a box and sold online and delivered and all the things that come from sectionals and then eventually recognized that people loved sectionals for all those reasons and behaved differently with them to your point replacing the covers when they got it, replacing the cushions when they got old and not just throwing them out and, and that gave rise to this philosophy we call designed for life. Products that can be built to last a lifetime and designed to evolve. And, and it, again, it's, it's very hard to design a product that can do that and commit the business model, like for instance, what I said about fabrics earlier, um, commit to a business model that supports it. And that's the reason that we don't believe much of our competition will be emulating us is because it, it flies in the face of everything they've learned in their entire professional experience in the category. And that's part of the reason that there hasn't been any furniture stores that have been able to deal with our products because the way that we do business is just fundamentally different. Our warranty, it's a lifetime warranty. You can replace anything. You can add to it, grow it, change it piece by piece. It doesn't fit into their POS system even. And so, you know, and that's the reason for three kit. That's the reason for the website being so fly. It's just, it's an entirely different way of doing business. We're really proud of it. We didn't begin with this vision, but we certainly have evolved into it and we are totally 100% committed to it. It affects every decision, uh, operating decision, design decision that we make as a company. 
Where did that vision come from along the way? I'm curious, at what point did the light switch flip? Was there someone that you were working with who was a mentor? Was this was there a you know a light bulb moment for you? I mean, were you floating in the beach and a you know a, a plastic soda soda bottle came and you went, "This is disgusting. Yeah. I can fix this." I, I'm curious what the um, what the light switch moment was for you. No, I mean I think that it's the confluence of a few things. I have to credit my partner Jack. Jack came along around 2016. He's my president and COO. And shortly after joining Lovestack, he asked me the question, well, what's your design philosophy? And there are lots of things I think about design and, and invention, but I hadn't really you know, put it into words. And at the same time, I was reading some very powerful books in my life, one called uh, Conscious Capitalism, one called Natural Capitalism, um, talks about you know, the earth and, and the, and the um, resources we are using, another um, by Victor Papank uh, about design, you know, and, and, and all these things kind of, uh, I guess, colluded in the, in the creation. And, and then the observing, again, how people were living with their factionals and actually behaving differently than they do with other products in their life. And, and um, the cool thing is, like, if you were to buy factional today, you'll end up being upset with other things you're surrounded with. It's kind of a cool outcome. Um, because you start looking at your cell phone and wondering, well, why, why can't I just pop this camera out and pop a new one in? Cause that's really all I want. Um, and, uh, it makes you angry and, and that's exactly what we want. We want people to change the way they think. And, and we're hoping, in fact, our stated purpose is to inspire mankind to buy less stuff, but buy better stuff. And that's a weird thing to say for a company that makes stuff. <clears throat> but um, that's what we're committed to, and so it evolved over time. And it and it was a but we put it into words, and now it, it like I said, it drives everything we do. It's a really great story. Thanks for taking the time. I, I can't wait to continue to follow this and, and circle back in the spring to see where you're headed next. Thank you. I, I'm flattered by the opportunity. I appreciate you guys, and um, thanks for having me on the podcast. Absolutely. My guest has been Sean Nelson, CEO of LoveSack inventor of this actional. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you. Great. Great. Thanks so much.